I am unashamed. What about you? <laughs> I don't know. Usually when Jay's begins, when, when the, the first thing out of his mouth on the podcast is, I've had an epiphany. Mm-hmm. This will be now the content for an entire podcast. That's In the well, past, that's what's happened. So here's what happened. So last night, I study because I knew we were going to be talking here. Yep. And I'm not a smart guy, but Jesus makes you smart. You know, the Holy <laughs> Spirit makes you powerful. Make, make sure uh, Jesus makes you perfect. Well, I know he makes you perfect. <laughs> but he, makes you perfect. It, it, he also makes you really Without smart. Blemish. Makes you really smart is what, what I'm saying. So I studied. I didn't write anything down. I kept reading this Hebrews 13, 8 through 14, and I kept going, hmm, <laughs> hmm. So anyway, on the way down here, I'm stopping at a traffic. was just, whoa, what happened? Yep. I stopped at a red light. I'm not sure this is a if, if this is legal or not. Can you actually, while you're at a red light, at a red light write good. down something? Because, look, everyone else is on their phones. So I'm sure that's illegal. But everybody's heads down. Oh, everybody's heads light. down looking at their phone. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> which may explain what's going on with this traffic glad, cycle. Glad to be here. So I thought, you know, because I didn't write anything last night, but it hit me about my own personal existence on earth. And I wrote down four things that I spend most of my time doing. This was the epiphany. Four things. And I'm saying this because. I never have. I didn't know whether you could get a count on that particular (laughs) subject. Four things. That I spend most of my time. time Well, and it is based on. You know, if you hassle over number five come up, that'd be a big thing. I don't know. I'm going to ask and see if y'all want to add something. I don't know why about your thinking on that one. (laughs) Well, you're going to see this. I'm setting this up. These are the things that I spend the most of my life doing. And it came from this. You notice I was about five minutes late today, which so was Al, so I felt better. I was actually early. I was delivering. Look, I left my house twice. And didn't drive a hundred yards, and turned around, and went back. For, for yep. getting stuff. Are you ready for your Bible verse? Well, I, I got to set up the stage here. For <laughs> yeah, but it'll cover the four things you talked about, and I don't even know what the four things <laughs> oh, were. This I'll is, give you a this text. Is a prediction that, that shoots, text. <laughs> shoots all that down. <laughs> okay. Do things. you want to give that now? Live a, hey, Jace, as you yeah. go forward, number one, <laughs> live a quiet life. Number two, mind your own business, Jace. Okay. Number three, work hard so that your daily life will win the respect okay. to outsiders. And number four, don't be dependent on anybody. Okay. That's the four things. That's my, my take. All right, well, you got that. Well, here's what happened. So last night I didn't write anything down. So you know what I said? I said, well, I'll have about an hour because I usually get up, you know, two hours before I'm down here. Mm-hmm. I'll have an hour to work on it in the morning. Well, we have a, a nanny helping from time to time, young college-age girl. So she shows up. She has the baby, but he was being difficult. So Missy was getting so much needed sleep. So I had to intervene a couple times, just say, what's what seemed to be the problem? So I got there's distraction number one. So then I finally get to my couch. I get my Bible out, so I'm fixed to go through this again. Well, then all of a sudden I hear vehicles, doors opening, you know, people talking in, in my driveway. Uh-oh. What time of day is this? It's about an hour and a half ago. It's eight, 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock in the morning. Here comes So the I looked company. through the window, and it was just 
it was like there was a women's Bible study fixed to happen. There were just women coming out of the cars toward my house. Well, it's a cleaning crew. Missy had gotten a cleaning crew. I, I mean, there was six or seven of them. Wow. They come in there like a just a beehive, <laughs> and it it's just, well, now there's chaos going on. Dogs, Dogs are, barking, are barking, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> not going to happen here. Quiet life. It's impo- it was impossible in this moment, which was what I was getting at. Situations become. So I'm crises. like, well, I got to get out of here. Well, I leave. Cattle or women stampede. So I leave. Well, then I realize, guess what? I forgot my Bible. Well, you because can't of the chaos. Bible. Yeah, because the chaos. I get a Bible, and they're all like, "We thought you left." I was like, "No, no, you know, I'm. I left my Bible." So I come back. Well, then I come back. Well, now Missy is stirring. Well, she's asking me questions. About you know the week schedule. Well, I'm like, do what? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me can I write this down? So then I leave again. Well, I come back because I left my phone. So I come back, get my phone. You're they said like your mother. Yeah. So anyway, I stop at well, the. She's red. 75. So I stop at the red light. Are you ready? And I write down the epiphany. Here's the epiphany. I spend most of my time trying to remember. Something I've forgotten. Oh, Miss K would—that's that's her. <laughs> Number two, I—I'm cleaning up something that I just messed up. I'm cleaning up a mess that you—you you made that I made. That's just a daily, hourly occurrence. You're forgetful, and you clean it up after what? All right, that's two. It makes yeah. a lot of messes. I'm trying to find something that I've lost. You're looking for what point number one? You, you can't remember where you put this and that and other. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're big things, Bibles, phones, oh, yeah. you know, clothes. Uh, or I'm trying to fix something that I've broken. <laughs> I worked on that yesterday, you know, the blower. I couldn't get the thing running. Okay, so I'll just be honest with you. That's kind of a hellish existence. <laughs> You get up, you can't remember anything. You've lost something, and you scratch them around. So, constantly breaking things. I said all that to say this. The epiphany was. Tough life, man. What I thought where we were at in the text, I thought, well, thank the Lord. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because in each one of those moments, I thought, I am the perfect candidate for faith in Jesus. That's right. Because he's really good. At those four things, yep. cleaning up the mess, finding what's lost, fixing what's broken, and remembering what you forgot. Yep. I will say epiphany. there's a lot of individuals on planet Earth who have a much more uh, challenging life than what those things would, would well, bring you. I'm just telling you what I do. That's what I spend most of my time. So then I just cranked up the worship music and said, all right, let's go. A lot of them is arguing and hollering and screaming and then. <laughs> You know, getting high, getting drunk, getting laid. I mean, you know, so at least you're you're way on the other. <coughs> you know why they're doing that, Phil? Because they they've lost something they can't find. They couldn't fix what was broken. They couldn't clean yeah. up the mess they made. They sure as heck couldn't remember. You know what? I'm telling you, it's like people. You know, life can be difficult, and then you have a choice on how you're going to address it. Well, I went with Hebrews thirteen eight this morning at the red light. That's all I was saying. I'd say probably two out of your, the remembering what's forgotten, finding things lost. I that's a lot of my time, but I don't make a lot of messes, and I don't break things because I don't. That's I've got a guy for all that. 
Yeah, I know. It's always a guy. You got to have a guy. So is there anything you want to add to the list on things you spend a lot of frustrating time? Or is that pretty well? I mean, I don't know. It was an epiphany. Hmm. I don't know. I, I definitely have those two in common with you, especially the phone. I, I hate having it, but you you just have to have it because you're working. It's too, yeah, I don't I spend I mean, obviously, a, Dad doesn't have that problem, which is nice. But I don't spend a lot of time on the phone. So, Well, yeah. I don't either, but it's just like, Texting and you got to get this. We got to get yeah. the schedule right, and you know these well, podcasts would, just don't plan themselves. I would put the quietest on, on the forgetful where where to put whatever I have because I have fewer things to keep up with. Right, rings, watches, phones, telephones, you know, computers. But you forget where you parked the tractor, or you know, yeah. or as yeah, long as you know where your Bible is, we all that's a big yeah, one. I keep the Bible handy right there, close. Yep, I do too. But so I got, there's that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's a pretty good epiphany, I guess, Joe. And I like the application to where we're going in Hebrews because you're right. That's exactly what Christ does. He cleans up our messes. Yep. But all of this he does in us. We, he's the one that helps us find our way. You know, things. I just kind of hit that's me. Pretty good. I thought the, the seek physical, as you shall find. But actually, physical. to Dad's point about quoting First Thessalonians 4, when you live a quiet life in Christ, these are about what you would have to deal with. It's hard to live a quiet life when there's six women in there cleaning well, your house like a buzz. Well, that's off. time. I, I would have sped up the, I, I'm getting out of here. Well, I said it. They said, where are you going? I said, y'all, y'all run me off. Well, they all laugh. <laughs> yeah. so uh, you're your six women in my life, it's six grandkids because they're yeah. three on one side, three on the other. So when they all descend on my house, that's pretty much the end of the quiet Bible time. You just, yeah. you know. Right. It's kind of like Tombstone, Jace. is just trying to get out of there, and they all were just sitting there saying, well, bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wanted you to hit the road. Yeah. <laughs> and you did. Yeah. And, and Missy added to your. Not sure. Well, here we go again, because I can't even remember <laughs> well, none of those, what she was saying. None of those saying. problems, Jace, will, will put you in jail or. It's hard to be condemned if that's all no, you. I mean, Phil was bare my soul. But you actually, Jace, you actually were the impressive thing you're not think, thinking about is you'd only made it a hundred yards, and you remembered the Bible and the cell phone. What if you'd have yep. made it all the way out here? Yep. Then you'd have been, you know, bummed. Well, that's what I usually do. Right. So you actually are better than you think you are. So there's your encouraging word for me. So Jay said it, Hebrews thirteen, um, and and really. I don't know if 8, verse 8, which is kind of, to me, one of the greatest just one, one-offs one in the Bible. Jesus Christ the same oh, it, yesterday. It's a whatever. thesis. It's a thesis. <clears throat> and it's interesting because right here in the middle, I don't know if he's closing out what he said about leadership or if he's beginning this next thing, or maybe I guess a little bit of both. Because when he says that, he comes back with this section. I want to read it uh, before, we, before we go to break. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. And so this is the next verse after saying Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So something else has obviously been encroaching. In. Well, that's powerful, though, because you think about, like, every time I say people, you know, there's, there's, there has to be a focus on Jesus. I mean, you, what the one thing I've gotten out of the book of Hebrews is whether you're coming out of Judaism or coming out of whatever, you know, the other side of the, <clears throat> America, 
there's a lot of strange teachings out there. It really is. I, I mean, the list is so long. The stuff that people are into is and crazy. And the things they argue about. But it's not an accident that when he started talking about leadership and he started talking about strange teaching and loving strangers, and he he made a significant time out and focus on who Jesus is. I mean, just go back when he said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our thoughts on right. Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews 3.1, Hebrews 12. I mean, that why is he why does he keep saying that? Well, you're right. He keeps every every one of his teachings, he's always gotten back to this point. And even now in these practical like applications or exhortations, however you want to say it, this that that verse is what I would call the tent pole. It's the it's the one right in the center that holds everything else up around it like a big canvas. The Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the tent pole statement. So all this other stuff we're talking about, if you don't get that right. What are these ceremonial foods? Well, let him read Let me read it. Let him read it. Uh, Because I think this is where it's headed. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. That's a very interesting statement there. Yeah, that that's the statement that people don't know exactly right. what it means, but I have a theory. I'm sure you do, too. Yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> the high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. So, again, we're it's in the same vein of conversation. He's just kind of shifted the imagery back to what we talked about earlier. And so Jesus, and so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate, talking about that's where he was crucified, to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. He's talking about Jerusalem. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Let's take a break. So now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, we talk about change of heart and change of mind. It reminded me of that verse uh, in Hebrews 12, 17, talking about Esau. Uh, the Hebrew writer said he could bring about no change of mind. You know, sometimes people get in funky places in their mind. It's really hard to, to make those changes, and that's why we have therapy. A therapist sometimes can help you become a, a better problem solver. And certainly I've been in that situation in my life. Lisa and I both have had counseling. Jace, you and Missy and your family have as well. Sometimes a therapist can just really help you get there. Uh, so if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, better help is a great option. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. It's entirely online. You're going to get matched with a therapist uh, after filling out a brief survey. You can switch therapists anytime if you need to. So check these guys out if you got some things uh, going on in your life where a, a change of heart or change of mind would help you. Uh, if you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com unashamed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unashamed. The first thing that stood out to me was he said, it's good for ours to be strengthened by grace. Yeah. They were in a system that grace was not being pursued, 
or even contemplated. Not even understood. Yeah, or understood. So he said all this, because you could, I mean, it says not by ceremonial foods, but it could be anything. I mean, in their case, if you're eating or you're going through some ceremony or you're going through some physical sacrifice, you know, to, I mean, you probably know the details more about this Levitical priesthood, and they would offer these sacrifices. Which I think to, that's what he's referring to. Yeah, to kind I think of legitimize the strange teachings, or because that you know he didn't say the way we've always been instructed to do. So I, I think there was something that had cropped up post Jesus with these 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 are Hebrews, these are Jews, but they're also Christians now, and that somehow they were linking what was tied into those sacrifices because you know those that those that food was eaten usually by the priesthood, not by the people. But something had changed. And so I, I think he's referring to that. And when he says strengthened by grace, Jays, I think he's, he's, he's immediately bringing that into a spiritual context. In other words, they're thinking physical food. He's saying, no, 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 that's not where your, that's not where your strength comes yeah. from at all. So that's, that's See, my basic to me, theory. Yeah, well, that's why. So it says when we have, we have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat because everyone is guilty. And except Jesus. So he came to fulfill that by being disgraced and discarded for us. Right. Outside the holy of holy, the pomp and circumstance of doing these. I uh, wouldn't think eating, eating food would somehow have to do with your sins. <laughs> but see, I think that's the point. Dad. You have the priesthood. And part of the way God set it up under the old law was the way they ate. Because remember, they didn't have jobs, so they they got they had to get percentage of sacrifice meat from the people. Yep. So they they got fed literally through the process. So to Jason's point, I think what he's saying is, you know, these guys that are eating all these sacrifices you're making because that's how they eat. Yep. They don't have any right to, you know, be blessed by it any more than anybody does. Yeah, so he's that. he's taking away that hierarchy. Yeah, they're guilty. They're guilty. It's like it reminds me, you know, the whole book or letter to the Galatians, which now look, he could not have been more blunt. I mean, he's like, if you preach a gospel other than what you heard, which the gospel in who Jesus is and what he did, Hebrews thirteen eight, basically, you know, let him be cut off and cursed. But he says he gets down to Galatians five four. And he says, you who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ, which I see a similar thought there when it says, we have an altar from those, which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. <clears throat> if you're trying to be justified by your performance or your ritual keeping, or in that case in Galatians, being circumcised as, a, as some kind of spiritual inclusion into you know a right relationship with god he's like you have been alienated from christ and you have fallen away from grace which is there's that hebrew language again this idea that's me the practical application for us even though we didn't come out of this system of judaism is this grace versus your 
justification by human performance or human ritual or your daily walk or what of life. You're, or what you're eating. Yeah. Or what you're eating or, or where your, you're or going. Or your role in it. You know, yeah. if you're a priest, okay. I mean, none of it, if, if it's anything but Jesus, no good. You know, that because you're not relying on grace, right? The reason I, mean, I think people don't embrace this is because at the end of the day, when it says, let us go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore, that's just not a warm and fuzzy thing to do. That's why I think he spent this whole book saying, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be disgraced. You're If you go public for Jesus, there may be a lot of trouble that comes your way. You might wind up in prison. Yep. And I think that was his point, but it's it's because you're sacrificing yourself. You're a you know to to have a take on Romans twelve one in view of God's mercy, you know His grace. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Yeah, offer your, your bodies as living. Yeah, sacrifices. offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So I think that's what he's saying. And you know, I was thinking about this, and that since you brought this up in Galatians, I hadn't thought about it. But in a broader scheme of the Bible itself, the different letters. It's interesting because the, you know, the Hebrew writer, <clears throat> he talked about law. Uh, he talked about the temple, tabernacle, all this stuff a lot. He never talked about circumcision is in the, in the context of, but, but Paul did in Galatians. Yep. So it's really interesting how the different letters that were sent dealt with different topics. It makes perfect sense because all these folks have come out of Judaism. First 10 years of the church, they were all Jews. I mean, until we get to Paul and, I mean, uh, Peter in Acts 10, we don't have any Gentiles. Yep. So most of the letters are dealing with Jewish issues that people were not wanting to let go of because they were having a hard time. So it makes perfect sense. But I just love the symmetry of that, that while Paul deals with, you know, circumcision, its relationship to law, Hebrews dealt with something totally different. You know, just yeah. to kind of, and that's you've why been you doing something it, yeah. for one thousand five hundred years. <clears throat> it, that that becomes a ritual there. Well, yeah. I mean, well, what I'm saying is, it goes back. If you look at Jesus, you analyze it. Well, what did Jesus do when he came? Those thirty years or thirty three, you know, total. But what? How did he operate? He he didn't. You know, when he went to the synagogues or the places of worship. It pretty much led to either him getting run off or, I mean, not run off, but he left by choice or arguments ensued. Right. You know, it goes back to, you know, him healing on the Sabbath. But you know, it's interesting. Was it going through what they thought the religious leaders? But you make a good point. We don't know this because we don't have any record of anything except that one time when he was 12, but he was doing what he was supposed to do by going up during Passover. But, you know, the... Jesus was just a good Jew for 30 years, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming went through all the rituals, everything they did. He never oh, missed yeah. a never missed a Passover, you know, d- you know, never worked on the Sabbath. All the things that were laid out. It wasn't until he hit that 30 year mark when he was ready to to introduce himself to the world that then he started shaking the trees because you don't ever see anything before. Yeah. So I'm assuming that he didn't really, it was like, okay, boys, now's the time when I'm fixing to show you. Yeah, what it says is during the days over in uh, Hebrews 5, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. 
He was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience. So like you say, Al, going through the tenets of the law, yep. he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who believe. So, but but he went through all the rituals. Right. All the, of course, I'm sure he was just looking around like, man, if they, if they, if they even could figure out what I'm fixed to do, they would be stunned. And I think that's what that word that made perfect's there. It's not talking about that somehow he had to be he he was perfect, yep. but he he completed the task. Yeah, that you know, is that's correct. the idea. Well, my point is, I think though the way he operated on a daily basis. I mean, from chapter three, you had this, you know, Pharisee who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So they have this little nighttime chat because he's not sure he wants to be seen with, you know, this this guy. Yeah, it has Jesus. something to do with out when Jesus was doing his work outside the city. Well, that's what I'm, the I'm point. So he has this conversation. Now, what did that lead to? Led to something crazy. He's telling a member of the Jewish ruling council, you need to be born again. You don't even understand you got to start completely over. That that would be like, you know, you go into some religious famous preacher somewhere who's in charge and saying, look, you need to start over. It just wouldn't, That that's just not, that's outside the camp is right. what I'm saying. So, But you just fast forward. I mean, it just hit me this off the top of my head. And uh, when he has this conversation with a Samaritan woman, she had had a terrible life. She'd been married six or seven times she was she was a samaritan which they didn't associate and jesus is associating i mean that should have been strike too and she was a woman which back then that was also you know he's speaking with a woman yeah right in the middle of the day out here so he's not he's not going and doing what normal religious people are doing right and so then you go those things weren't law those things were just tradition, by the yeah. way. That, yeah. that had been, we just don't do that. If you're a rabbi, you'd never do that. Let's, let's take another break. So one of our uh, longest sponsors on the podcast, and we really appreciate him for it, is a company called Keeps, K-E-E-P-S. And their basic thing is they help you keep your hair. A lot of uh, guys uh, from young ages, uh, before 35, uh, begin to experience hair loss. And um, so this company can help you hang on to it. So that's exactly when you really need to reach out to them and check them out. Uh, you see it in your pictures. A lot of times people just start wearing hats or you go the old shave route, like we saw uh, LaRoche on a, a previous podcast. So that's what happens. Keeps is a clinically proven FDA approved hair treatment. It's available online, helps you prevent hair loss, also stimulate hair growth and take care of the hair that you have. They have a physician uh, that will help you select the right products and develop a personalized hair-saving routine that works for you. That physician is also available 24-7 if you have any questions. So no waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Keeps is delivered straight to your door at about half the cost. So check them out, keeps.com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order, saving some money. Keeps.com slash door. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Well, then in chapter five, the next thing we heals on the Sabbath. Yep. Well, wait a minute. 
We got, I mean, we're just, I'm just going one chapter after another within chapter six, which I think you can relate to this ceremonial foods versus uh, grace. You know, he feeds the 5,000 and then he goes on this speech about he's the bread of life and whoever eats his flesh and drinks his blood, well, they're like, well, this dude is absolute, he's some kind of witch. (laughs) I mean, that's not what they said, but it, the implications, he just threw them into chaos. And when you get to the back end of chapter six, there's a little title above verse 60. It says, many disciples desert Jesus. When you start talking about this kind of stuff and I mean, you just keep going. It's the same thing. And in their defense, I mean, it would have taken a lot to say, okay, I don't know exactly what he's talking about because it made sense post resurrection, yep. you know, but like before that it was like, I don't know. Is, is it cannibalism? What's he talking about? Cause there was no way you could like, it would be very hard. You would have to just totally go on faith to say, maybe one day we'll understand what he's talking about. But in the moment, I mean, they just eaten the fish. Jason's right. It's like, he's using that as an illustration. It's like, you think food and water is what matters? It's like going into a a church in America or somewhere else across the world. It's been there for 250 years, just 250 instead of 1,500. Right. But if if you go up in there, wanting to kind of break up the the tradition. Yeah, stuff you're doing here. How long would you last, Mm -hmm. Al? You'd probably be escorted out, Dad. What I was going to read. We'll see you later. When I get, when you get to chapter seven, I think it's interesting in John when he said, you know, after Jesus, all that that happened, three, four, five, and six that we quickly ran through, he was purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were wanting to take his life. I mean, just these little acts that he's doing to break up the system and get and represent his father. I mean, here's the creator of the universe, and they're wanting to kill him already. And it says, when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near, I mean, this is so interesting. Jesus' brother said to him, you ought to leave here and go to G- Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. I mean, they're kind of rebuking him for, oh, you're doing all this stuff in secret. And and it's, you know, the, the implication is, it's you know it's it's well, upsetting the, the apple cart. The, the no, brother, the brothers are being a PR firm. You know, yeah, that's it. And the <laughs> this is not frame, the way to win the world. Right. And and what's worthy of note, the time frame when all this was going down, starting with the Jews, and basically, you, they looked up in less than less than forty years, Al. And I mean, the very thing that Jesus said, this temple y'all so proud of, it's coming down. So all these warnings to the people at first and all these things that from way back on what you do and what you think you have to do and food offerings and this and that and other and the blood of animals and all that, Jesus said, it's all coming down. It's over. Well, somebody said, Bill Smith, I think, I mean, when Titus, or whoever he was, that, that that Roman general, I mean, about a million died over that deal. Oh yeah. So I mean, there was there was death <coughs> and destruction coming, and Jesus was the one behind it. 
That's why he wept over the city, remember, yeah. he wrote into it. Yeah, but so, Jay, but <laughs> look what they said in verse 20. I mean, these people are like, when this was written, you know, it's pretty close to the a big happening right at it. I mean, this was in within about 40 years. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew writer wrote this. So <clears throat> it's not very long, and then the whole thing does come down in a cloud of smoke. It's probably more like within 10 years. Yeah. It's probably in the 60s. No, go ahead and read no, I was going to say, you, in your point in John 7, Jesus, by the way, the PR firm, Jesus already knew he was going. Yeah. But he was just waiting, you know, on his plan, not theirs. And then he goes and he speaks to them. And then he said, the, the response from the crowd in verse 20, you are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who's trying to kill you? Because he mentioned about, you know, you're trying to kill me. And they're like, what? I mean, what are you talking about? This guy's got a demon. Well, yeah. then he got into circumcision in 24. He said, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. Because you got to remember, the PR firm that was giving him the advice, well, in verse 5 it says, but they didn't even believe him. <laughs> That's right. They were just saying, here's what you need to do. That's right. But they didn't say, we don't believe you. But that's that's, right. that's what they were saying. But it, it's still another example. You're right. So they say he's demon-possessed. Well, then you go to John 8. Well, they, in the law, you know, they wanted to get sent out of camp. So if something was egregious, they would pick up rocks and stone you, and it was actually lawful to yeah, do it. Yeah, to do it. So we have this situation. A woman called in adultery. And what does he do? He steps in there and breaks that up. And so they're like, well, wait a minute now. We got you dead to rights. So you just the little headings on these paragraphs, they, they seek out the validity of Jesus' testimony. Yeah, they're you, like, you who's, who's without this? sin cast out the first stone. They all looked around and said, eh, he's got to throw in that one. But you know what's interesting about that, the politics behind that? Jace is right. Legally, they could do that. But with the Romans occupying, they didn't mind if they stoned a woman. Who cares about her? But when, when a political figure like Jesus or John the Baptist, when they wanted to kill them, guess what? Nobody, all of a sudden, wait a minute, whoa, 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 we, we can't get, we, we don't just kill him because what will his followers do? They're worried about a riot. And, so it's really interesting. Even back in this day, politics rule. Yeah. If you're just a woman caught in adultery, who cares about you? Yeah. But Jesus cared about her. And so he put it right back on them. Okay, you who don't have any sin, you'd be the one that starts this process. And it said the older ones first dropped the rocks, then the young ones. Mm -hmm. The old head said, man, is he looking right into my window or what? Yeah. I mean, it was a powerful moment, as it really wow. was. But, but to your point, it, sh it shows you in the big picture what they were trying to do. Hang on, let's take a break. So we were just... Uh, Fixing up our new house down, I call it Southern Lair 2. We got another house down in Gulf Shores, Jays. And, uh, you know, you're trying to get everything just right. So I, I get in the bed and I was like, what is, what, what, where did these sheets come from? And Lisa said, well, I don't know. And I was like, well, this, this isn't, you know, bowl and branch. Let's, let's go dig around the closet. We done made a mistake. I mean, I knew instantly that we didn't have the bowling branch sheets on the bed. That's how good they are. So we've been talking about it quite a bit on the podcast, and I know it seems weird to talk about sheets sometimes for people, but I'm telling you, you spend a third of your life in the bed, and so your sheets matter, and they matter to me. So if you want to check out the best, uh, most highest quality threads uh, sheets on earth, check out Bowl and Branch. They have over 10,000 stellar reviews. Even three presidents have used them, Dad, so you know they got to be oh. pretty good. 
They're free from toxin, no uh, pesticide or anything like this. So they also provide a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. So you get a month to check them out. You're going to love them. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is you can't go any chapter, any paragraph without seeing that everything he was doing was turning this whole system on its head. Yep. And he was being disgraced for it. We all, we we always go to the cross. Well, obviously, yes, he was disgraced. He was disgraced the whole time he was here. And you think, what was he doing? He was trying to introduce this concept of grace and love yep. from the creator of the universe. He's, he wants to forgive us, give us. He loves us. He's full of grace. Right. You can start over. You you know, whatever. He can clean your mess up. You're, he can make you perfect. And, but it was just something that was hard to transition. And just to kind of finish my thought, I mean, I, it was off the top of my head. But even in, when he when he healed the person who had been born. Oh, I thought that uh, <laughs> every time you go in the next chapter, because then the next one attacks both how you view the consequences of sin and the temple, because you remember they this when this guy's you know he's healed, yeah. and then the disciples say, "Look at this poor sad sack." Before he healed him, is uh, did he is he this way because his parents sinned or him? Meaning, this is what happens to whose fault is whose fault? Is yeah, it? let's figure out where it all went wrong. And I mean, Jesus turned it on its head. He just he didn't even answer. He just said, "What are we gonna do about it?" That's right. The work of God might be displayed in his life was his was his answer. Like his answer was bigger. Point. And so when the parents, you know, they're trying to they call him in and say, How did this how do you even know who this is? Well, we know our son, but we don't know who this other guy is. And but they were afraid they were gonna kick him out of the temple, which they so, ultimately kicked him out anyway. Yeah. And so what happened in verse thirteen of chapter nine, the Pharisees investigate the Uh oh. We gotta have an investigation. Gotta have an investigation. Here. So, I mean, this man was a great deed. (laughs) This man was born blind and now you can see is like somebody's got to look into that because (laughs) something is wrong here. (laughs) Yep. So then when he gets to chapter 10, he makes this analogy about the shepherd and its flock. And I mean, to introduce something now that the kingdom of God or the church or, you know, the group of people who believe are. You know, we take it for granted because we know we, we know how this thing ends. But to compare that to a shepherd and its flock is not very appealing to powerful religious leaders. You're like, unless they're the shepherd, but he's he's portraying himself as the shepherd and we're the flock. And the reason I, you know, I thought about that because he's eventually in back to Hebrews 13 which is quite a verse on 20 and 21, you know, when it says the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good thing for doing his will. So I'm saying, when you go back and read any one of the gospels, I mean, I just chose John off the top of my head, but it makes you realize that when you say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we fix our eyes on Jesus, and we fix our thoughts on Jesus, and Jesus is better, when you go back and actually look how Jesus operate, operated, and then you say, oh, we're going to go to him. 
we're going to be that way on this earth. I don't see a whole lot of difference in seeing what he was dealing with and what I'm dealing with in modern America. Right. I mean, we can all go to our little camp at, at our church, and I, I know I'm just using that figuratively, but you know, our camps today in America, if you fast forward, are our little comfortable you know, lives at a, at a church building. Right. Because you, know, you brought this up before we started filming, Phil. We, we have our little rule systems yep. or traditions or things that we, we feel like make us feel like we're actually doing something here to contribute to our salvation. And if somebody gets out of line, and you think about the amount of arguments you know, that there is among religious groups. And meanwhile, you're saying, man, if we're like Jesus and we're outside the camp, we're going to be disgraced for loving people, for coming to people's rescue, for giving people second chances. But you're doing it all through Jesus. That's why when he got down to the practical on what you do about it, like in verse 15, he said, through Jesus, therefore, let us offer to God a sacrifice of praise. He's not just wanting a sacrifice of praise. You do it all through Jesus, which is a hard concept to get wrap your head around. Well, and back to the big point we were talking about, he's definitely talking about the priesthood, the way it worked, the sacrifices. Because remember, the, they only 10% of every sacrifice they made, and I'm talking about the meat of the sacrifice. These are animals. They, they drain the blood. That was the idea of the ceremonial. Then you had the meat left, or what do you do with it? 10% went to the Levitical priesthood. That's how they ate. But 90%, what are you going to do with that? Because now it's unclean. You can't, I mean, it's been sacrificed. The blood's been drained. So that went outside to be burned. So that's his his reference that you're seeing. And then his point, Jason, is you're right. Jesus also went out there. Well, guess what? His body is the the sacrifice for all people. And so his point is all this that's been going on, and we've been talking about the whole book for thousands of years, it's all now outside what it used to be. And the ultimate sacrifice is him. And so the sacrifice now, that's why it says is the lips of our confession and praise. Because all we got to do now is say, we want Jesus. We don't care about the process that gets Some us. Some of them have tried to build structures that would strike awe in a person if you went down there and walked in. Yep. You know, they they built some monumental structures, Al, marble buildings, you know, roofs high, way big things over there in Rome. You know, you go to looking around. Yeah. Some oh. of these structures are. Well, it's a good well, point because the verse says for here, you know, one of the motivations for this while we go to Jesus is for here we do not have an enduring city. I mean, he's asking us to walk in his steps and his steps was filled with disgrace and ridicule, persecution, suffering and death. Yeah. And so, you know, as a treasure hunter, I looked up city, famous cities that are no longer here or that didn't endure. You know, I, I, I did several searches on, on the Internet, and I was fascinated that some of them, they would just be the remains there. And at one time, I mean, from all around the globe, there was a few in America, you know, but most of them, I mean, it was just unbelievable sights at, at one time. I mean, like the largest arch built by brick ever in, in the world with some old Mayan city, you know, in Mexico. Yep. Look at her now and it's just the jungle 
took it up. I mean, you just see different. I mean, I bet I looked at a hundred different was cities. A, was it Chichen Itza or? I can't Chichen remember Itza all the names. Like but, I mean, even some of the abandoned cities in America, there was one in Colorado, I mean, uh, in Utah that I've actually, we went with my family just hiking different yeah. mountains around there, and, and we saw it. We came up on it. There was, they built a city on the side of a mountain. You had to get, go up ladders to get to it. And it was incredible craftsmanship and of course it's just it's just sitting there now with, with no people i mean somebody at some point said this is a dumb idea <laughs> you know I mean? it's literally on the side of a mountain they built a city we do a flat spot let's uh, take another break There was pyramid types things, and but I well, well that's what I thought. You know, you think about when people come together. I mean, it kind of goes back to the Tower of Babel, and say, look what we're gonna do. You know, we're gonna build. Look, look at the innovation we can do. And like one of them I saw was along the lines of the pyramid somewhere over there was this giant pyramid, and they you go and and view it. I mean, and and when the sun at a certain part of the day gets at the tip of the pyramid, it it it's like a squiggly snake yeah. in the walkway coming up to it. So, I mean, they designed this to do it. And you look today and you're like, what happened? It didn't endure. It was all based on your idea and performance and what you were going to do about being here on earth. Did and you ever it was see the a complete waste of time and it didn't endure? Did you ever see the movie uh, Apocalypto? that oh, yeah. Mel Gibson did, oh, which is one of the, my top all-time movies. But that whole movie was see, uh, was what you're describing. Yeah. Remember, they had the sacrifices. They'd go out and get these people, these poor people, and bring them into the main area, and then they just started lopping their heads off. And none of it endured. And of course, it gave you the, the – well, they're not sure. Nobody's sure what happened to the mines, but in, at least in the Mel Gibson's view of it, that you see the – the, the Europeans show up on the shore with their diseases. And the, the implication is they were looking at it like, oh, this is going to be great. But no, this was, yeah. <laughs> that was well, the apocalypse, the, the, the real great, apocalypse. Yeah, two of the great cities that they had from the past, like just that were incredible, were from that Mayan yeah. campaign. I mean, just what people did without really, you know, they didn't have big cranes and. And all that. I mean, even when you go back and look oh, at those aggregates are still there. Yeah, and think about how they built the pyramids. You're like, what in the world? <laughs> but the point is, it didn't work. It was a waste of time. You put all your energy and power structure toward yeah. this innovation. Because you know what they were missing? <laughs> Jesus. There was no spiritual. Yep. Their spiritual concept. stuff was. It, but yeah, they false. knew. You know what I find interesting? You're talking about strange teachings. It's like in the Mayans' case that they realized they looked around at the creation and realize, well, there's got to be some God. And that's what, you know, people do is you figure out when you look at the sun, the moon, the earth, uh, you're like, well, we come up with gods in our minds because we can't just believe this randomly happened, or as you always say, salt water. Well, certainly, it was certainly the way they felt about Jesus is that he was, he was a demon possessed. He was, I mean, they had a whole list of things that they well, exactly. had against him. Well, what I was going to bring up about the Mayans on how it relates to this, they they would sacrifice people to try to please the gods, so it would rain or you know whatever whatever difficulty they were going through in life. 
they were trying to use the same concepts as on Judaism. You're sacrificing animals to get forgiveness and, and God's favor. And so, but, but you just look at our own in the United States. You would think, been here two hundred and fifty years. You, you would think we'd be way past slaughtering unborn children, and I mean, marching in the streets saying, "We nobody's going to keep me from killing." I mean, there, there. I've never seen so much effort and so much excitement over human beings over the killing of their children inside their womb. I mean, I, mm. I'm, I'm just looking at it saying, how in the world does a human being ever get to that point where they just slaughter them? And then yep. they, and the, these seventh, eighth graders, the little young kids, you know, they're taking their genitals off and all. Everybody looks back at the minds and people and, like that. And, and look like, how, how brutal is that? Oh, and yeah. It's like no less than what's happening Well, today. that's why when Jesus— you Nothing know, has changed on we, that. No, we were that. going through the life of Jesus just in John. But, you know, when you got to John 11, it was a game changer. Because then all of a sudden— he brings the guy back from the dead. Now, he had done miracles before. You, you'd seem like they would be putting two and two together. But it's like the ultimate miracle. And I mean, he brought it up in Hebrews, you know, chapter 2, when he said, he, since the children had flesh and blood, he shared in their humanity, which brought him a lot of disgrace. Because once he yeah. entered that body, they said, oh, yeah, because they're going to attack him, which is what they do. Right. I mean, that's just what human beings do, as brutal as, you know, we're, we're going down through it. But if somebody doesn't like you or they don't agree with you, there's a certain group of people out here that will attack you. Yep. And they will murder you if it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. And so by so that by his death, he might destroy him who held, holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those you know, who, who are held in slavery by their fear of death. So I think that was a game changer because not only did he change the system on its head about you obtaining your own forgiveness or being good enough to be perfect or to be justified, he then turned that on its head, which is ultimately why people, after they watched Jesus' entire life, even his own brothers who didn't believe in John 7, they came around. Right. <laughs> Once he was dead... I mean, that's my thought always, because then you see them there in Acts, what is it, one fourteen, where it says they all were together in prayer. Well, they went from John 7, 5 to not believing in him, giving him a few PR advice on the way out. The evidence. So, so all of a sudden, they're the gathering around over, praying. Over the, the evidence became overwhelming. But uh, you would think, okay, he raised somebody from the dead. That didn't do it. But when he came back, they said, all right, I'll tell you what, we're in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It just shows you how stubborn human beings are. They, they kept trying to tell the creator of the universe how you should be religious. This is, yeah. this is how you don't, you don't go eat with those people or these people, and you don't do that. You know, everything Jesus did, they just disagree with him all right. the time. Right. Because, I mean, not just because they missed it, but again, we've talked about this the whole time. It's just because it's hard to accept this level of changing the way it's always been. Well, it's uncomfortable, but I'll share this story. You know, I played in this golf tournament this weekend. Well, they don't, you don't, you don't know who you're going to be with, you know, the people you're playing with. So first 
told this guy, which I knew knew the guy, but I didn't know him real well. I just met him a couple times. And, well, he had a wayward tee shot, and I mean, it was every four-letter word you ever heard of. You know, blankety, blankety, blank. So I thought, well, I'll have to turn that off in my head. I wasn't. Like, view it. I mean, this is, we're in the world, and I, I when I read that verse, like, we go to Jesus, we 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 don't right there at that moment say, oh, sir, would you mind not cussing in front of, you know? Well, to my surprise, he he come over to me, and he said, man, I apologize for, uh, you know, saying that, saying those cuss words. I said, well, you don't have to apologize to me, because I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> And he said, well, I'll keep God out of it. Now, look, I never told him I'm a believer. I'm, yeah. So evidently, through the grapevine, he has he knew that. Your reputation proceeded. And uh, so and I just wanted to say this because throughout the day, now, did he stop cussing? No. But was I paying attention to it? No. I just completely ignored him, you know, when he was hitting a golf shot. I was like, I'm thinking about something else. But he's having epiphanies. Well, right. I was like, okay, this, but it didn't, it didn't really bother me. Now that might bother, you know, Christians to hear that. But what I'm saying is when you're, if you're trying to be, if you're trying to live honorably in every way, I'm not going to burn a bridge over, you know, cause this guy used four little words, but eventually, you know, I, the more I got to met the, uh, know this guy, you know, he served our country. He was in the Vietnam war. He was showing me, you know, pictures of when he, Served because I was just asking yeah. questions about his family. He's been married over forty years, and I mean, he's a real likable guy. And and my point to say this is, I could have burned the bridge over some issue. Of course, he, you know, because I thought, man, this guy cussed like a sailor. Well, yeah, he's, he's a, a sailor. sailor. <laughs> <laughs> he's an actual sailor. But my point is, at some point, you know, you introduce Jesus to people, you. You, must, you give a sacrifice of praise, a fruit of lips to confess his name, but we're not going around throwing rocks like John 8 at yeah. people on little things. And I do consider that a little thing. Which but, is, I would say it's a good illustration of going outside the camp. Yeah. We're out of time. Uh, in overtime, I want to, to, just to tie off this section, is give you my theory as to what, what the leadership question is, and that's why he bookends it with this uh, text. So we'll talk about that a little bit in overtime. Uh, if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed to become a subscriber. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.